1: Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience presented by DraftKings 2021 Olympic Men's Golf DraftKings Picks and Preview. If you are out there watching, please smash the like button of the episode. Give me your favorite low-owned cheap guy this week because you're probably going to need one in your lineup and you're going to need them to be good if you want a shot at those top-end GPPs. And some of these GPPs on DraftKings, guess they didn't get the memo that like the Olympics is kind of like, eh. As it pertains to golf, but there's some heavy-duty contests this week, which I was not expecting. There is no Listeners League link this week. Playing the Fantasy Golf Degenerates Listeners League link, you can find that on their show Monday evening on Mayo Media Network. But I do have money to give away. I'm still running that draw for Fantasy Football Picks and Bets. Cust is on the show on Tuesday talking about Jets over-unders for the episode. That's always fun. We actually go to runthesims.com and I get the inputs from Cust for what the projections on every jets player should be and I'll tell you you're probably if you if you go by cuss projections you're going to want to draft a lot of jets this year in fantasy but runthesims.com is still holding its uh, initial trial run right now it's free till the end of july so you can go give it a test try but if you do subscribe before july 30 for actually before august 1st uh, you'll get the founder rate for life so if you go to run the sims.com slash mayo you get an even bigger discount off that so you might as well lock in right now that heavy discount forever off all of the stats and tools that you're going to need for nfl season if it's stats and tools and a lineup generator and projections everything you want for golf fantasy national com slash mayo. Everything is up there right now for the betting and DraftKings side of the Olympic Games, and that giveaway that I told you about. I put the link in the description. It's an Apple Podcast review giveaway. Subscribe to Fantasy Football Picks and Bets. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Something nice. Twitter handle slash email. Whatever is the best way to contact you. If you are a winner, we're almost up to go from five hundred dollars to a thousand dollar threshold because of all of the reviews that we've seen so far. So keep piling those in. We'll put Push the show up the charts. Okay? Joining me on the line, someone else who didn't have Cameron Champ at the 3M Open. It's Ben Raza from awesomeo.com. What's up?
2: Um, yeah, congratulations to the universe. Uh, everybody hit Cameron Champ except me. I was rooting for Charles uh, and Vegas and Maverick and those type of players. Gave it, gave it their all, but we're not able to close the deal.
1: Yes, you and I together did not have Cameron Champ, as I was on the the Johnny Vegas bandwagon the entire time. At least he put up a good... He cashed his each way, which was nice. I thought I was in such a good spot. Well, I was away all weekend. That's why we recorded the show early. So actually, coming up later on in the show... If you just hit the time codes, Tim Andercust and I review our trip to Cabot Links, two of the, I mean, they're the two best golf courses I've ever played in my entire life, so you can go check them out to see what all the buzz is about. We just kind of talked through, but Tim's story about the caddy that he had on Saturday is pretty good. Uh, you're going to want to tune in for that one, so you can go check that one out, but we were away, I was away, so I was like, you know what, I'll get out ahead of the game. Very rarely Ben, are like, odds-posted Before a weekend, like before a tournament, the Olympic odds have been out for a while. I was like, Jeff, let's do this now and we'll get the show out early because I'll be away and then we'll just have it able to drop on Monday morning. This will be great. And then, of course, we film the show, two days pass, nothing happens. Then all of a sudden, Bryson and Rahm aren't playing anymore, thus significantly affecting all of the odds.
2: No doubt about it. Yeah, that was... I mean, a bombshell. It did create some value for these other guys. It's just a weird situation. Obviously, we're going to get into it, but I did watch a little golf. I've I've been just in a salty mood not to change courses. The MMA card was extremely frustrating uh, with some suspect judging, as a lot of people know. So uh, looking for a rebound week in, in multiple facets of my life here. So
1: the... Field for this Olympics was much better than the last Olympics, but now it's like about the same. It's still a little bit better, mind you, just at the very top end. But no, Rom, no Bryson really throws a
2: wet blanket onto
1: the competition, I feel at least.
2: I mean, yeah, you're taking out two of the, obviously, the favorites, biggest names. Uh, Did they both uh, obviously read, did, did another Spaniard come in?
1: Yes, late. I saw it was Adri Artis, that guy from the Euro Tour
2: that guy all right yeah so sorry to him but not exactly the same as rom and it's a it's an interesting field but it is definitely better than rio but uh it is sad to see a couple of the big names go out yeah
1: and just yes, when you take uh, it just killed everyone's odds like i was looking at lowry at 40 to 1 i was like i really like that 40 or even 45 in some spots now it's like 20 it's like no, oh, great This isn't fun anymore.
0: So I got to figure out what I want to
1: do. I'll release the betting card in the newsletter on Wednesday. I'll recap what I have in so far, but I think it's just going to be pretty tiny.
2: Yeah, I was fortunate. I got a couple guys uh, early before that. So I got some some decent odds on a couple of them. But now it really is ugly because when you factor in the small field and some of the star power going out, these are pretty uncomfortable numbers for uh, the majority of these guys. I did the
1: research show for the course uh, on Sunday. You can go back and check that out. I kind of give you a visualization of what it looks like. It's going to be really difficult to actually figure out what the actual strategy is here, though. It seems like there are, like, four really easy par fours. The par fives actually seem quite hard. The par threes seem pretty hard. And there are four par fours, which seem super hard. I think 17 is going to be drivable for a lot of people. But essentially, they're gigantic greens. So, like, lag putting, like, three three-putt avoidance is going to be pretty huge, but it just seems like, you know, like your typical week, hit some fairway. Fairway is probably a bit more of a premium with so many trees around the course, but who's going to ratchet up like the long irons the best? They're probably going to win.
2: Yeah, I I mean, I'll be honest. I I didn't dig a ton into the course. It looked like a, a somewhat difficult thing where you need to drive it well, have some good long irons. Yeah, you mentioned the big greens. I was thinking like, I don't, I don't I I say this about basically every course, I don't know like Firestone maybe, something like that where some challenging longer holes that's a WGC or was I should say so you get the four rounds as you do here. Uh but it it is just another week. You got to play good golf and if you do you'll have a chance.
1: Yeah, it's same designer. Uh, well the redesign was done by Tom Fazio. He designed Firestone, so I think that's probably a pretty good comp. That's a long par 70. This is a long par 71. So I, I think that's a pretty accurate comp actually I, when I looked at it it looked like really long colonial
2: okay I didn't think I didn't think of colonial but I could see that yeah I mean there's a there's a lot of courses on tour that you know I'd say outside the Florida thing and whatnot that are just a little longer in length and you got to drive it well um, not River Highlands I guess but like even even uh, what's the one in North Carolina Quail Hollow yeah, Quail Hollow, um, that's not a bad one. Uh, even courses like that where just really, you know, the drivers of the ball. Anything that I can structure to, to lead us into Rory is really what I'm trying to go for here.
1: Well, Firestone, he's been a winner, uh, which is a Fazio design. Quail Hollow, which he won this year, was redesigned by Tom Fazio for the 2017 PGA Championship. So you might be onto something here with
2: Rory. Good. Easy game. We got one. Now we just need to find five other golfers around him.
1: Do you have any sort of strategy for this week? Like 60 players, like half of them are trash, but you're going to have to use some of them anyway. Like what do you do you a balance build? Do you just try to jam into studs and try to get as much win equity as possible and hope you get lucky at the bottom end?
2: Yeah, I think to an extent, uh, you know, the, the famous, oh, it's a non-cut and you're guaranteed four rounds. Like if, if your guy plays terrible, you don't want more holes. Honestly, it's not going to help you. You're just going to be still in trouble as if he got cut, but it does provide the opportunity to outscore placement points. And it does provide the opportunity. You know, when you look at DraftKings, the difference between middling placement points and 50th is not a lot. It's an extra birdie if that. So if you get got a guy that can really score and get some lucky things happening to him, you can vault up the board. So I, I do tend to be more aggressive to a point. I, I think there's maybe five to 10 guys in this field that have absolutely no chance. All right,
1: let's talk about the 10K guys. The guys with the best chance to win this tournament. Colin Morikawa is the most expensive player on DraftKings. He's 11-2. Uh, he's down from 10 to one to six and a half to one. He's now the betting favorite without Rom in the field. JT, who I loved at 16 to one, is down at 11 to one, and I bet him at 11 to one. So I'm in on Justin Thomas this week. Xander Shoffley, Hideki, Rory, and Reed are all above ten thousand dollars. I think it's just going to be Morikawa and Thomas or Thomas and McIlroy will probably be my leans here.
2: Yeah, that's no surprise. I like Rory and I like JT. Uh, JT's also had some success uh, at some of the courses we kind of talked about already. He's been frustrating because I have backed him in, in several majors and he really has been non-competitive. Some of that's due to the putter. Others just not as sharp as I really expect with him, but I still think, it's there. He can turn it on. And the opportunity cost is just not as immense. We're not, there's not that many top end guys. It's still a strong top range, but it's not like a major where everybody's here. So I look at them, shocker. I don't know what to do with Xander. Uh, just a very difficult guy for me. I rarely get him right. And he's just lurking at ten seven.
1: I think you just have to pick your, it depends on how many lineups you play. Obviously, like if you play one, you got six guys to choose from, but I'll probably just cut it down for, 10 lineups or so i'll probably have 10 guys and mix and match so i don't think that xander is going to make the cut for
2: me i mean it sounds like a good plan to me i just he's just really difficult uh hasn't been killing me lately because i i i I always tend to come in underway because he's always very very popular but as you mentioned you you can't play everyone here i do feel pretty comfortable having lineups that are going to have uh i know i will have JT Rory lineups together. You're still north of 7K, and I think that's a pretty easy build this week.
1: It is. You could continue to try to jam in other people from up there if there was anyone in the sixes that you liked. But do you think you'll get to Hideki? Because I don't think that I will.
2: Not in, in any. You know, I, I have a feeling. I haven't decided exactly what I do. I may build for the first time all year 150, and if then I will have Hideki, of course, in some capacity. I think I'll probably still be underweight though. Um, do you know, does he have any, like, I haven't seen anything where he's played this course, like an unusual amount of times or anything. He he won
1: the Asian amateur at this course in 2010.
2: Okay. Yeah. That's a long time ago. Um, so no, I mean, Deki is fine. Listen, he's a world-class player, but I would rather have, uh, probably all, all four of the other guys North of 10. He's probably him and Morikawa I think would be fourth and fifth for me.
1: I think I like Morikawa more than I like Xander, but I like, I, I like Morikawa probably more than I like Rory. It just becomes pretty difficult to play Morikawa and JT together. Although I'll probably try to find, I'll talk myself into gun early long or KKJ, Kristen Crow Johansen. Maybe that's the guy I need to go. I have no idea who that guy is.
2: And I love this new thing with the flags. Uh, I click right in. Okay. Norwegian. There we go. Uh, Never heard his name in my life. How
1: is it that uh, Christoph Ventura didn't get the other spot?
2: I don't know. There's a couple countries where the second guy, I'm, how do they do this? I, I don't Like know. the criteria, even the second, you know, you've got Lahiri, the second guy from India is not anyone I've ever heard of.
1: Well, who would be the second guy from India? It's not going to be S S H Charwaza. What I about Sharma? Oh yeah, Sharma. He's been bad though.
2: I know, but still, <laughs> um, Udi and Maine. I don't. I didn't think was next up. Uh, maybe some of these guys also said they didn't want to go. There's that possibility too.
1: I, I guess that could be true, and maybe Sharma did himself a disservice by playing European tour rather than playing like the Indian tour or something.
2: There, there is that possibility, man. Yeah, I'm like I'm looking at some of these countries, and I'm thinking like, there's a second. Does every country have two? No. Like Zenodi is here from Paraguay. Yeah, he's he's the only guy though from Paraguay. Okay, I was gonna say that would be insane. It's like the
1: the Panama was the only guy from Chinese Taipei.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and there's a guy from the Philippines. Yeah, there's some countries that I guess have a, a one guy just going for it.
1: C.T. Pan apparently gets a million bucks if he wins a medal from the Taiwanese government.
2: But he doesn't avoid any military service. That's the number one priority for, I believe, two of the players.
1: Yes, and, and one of them, you know, it's not the overwhelming thing for Sung Jae. Sung Jae has another chance. To get out of his military service because he's still going to be young enough to defer by the time the next Olympics come around.
2: So that means because oh, that's interesting. So see si this is it.
1: This is it. This is his shot to get out of it.
2: And then there's Benny on who. Yeah, he's going to the military. <laughs> he has no chance. OK, <laughs> there you go. How old is Byun now? I thought he was like 28. I was going to say 28, but I, I don't, I have no idea. He's 29. He may have already done it. Oh, maybe got out of the way.
1: Like did it when he was 19 or something like that.
2: Hmm. But yeah, how you quantify that? I know that's going to be a question certainly over uh, in our premium Slack. A lot of people have been asking that already. I, I'd, I'm not really factoring it in. I, I don't know what to... To make of it. I know these guys have been prepared. That's why they've been over here. But I don't think you can do much with it.
1: No, no. ben ann has not been in the military yet. I'm just reading this now. Uh, let's Tough see. Scene. He is not phased by the prospect of compulsory military service if he cannot follow in the footsteps of his parents and win a medal at an Olympic games. So he's going.
2: His parents, yeah, are both I mean the seems, Olympic winners though. Seems unlikely Olympic. he's going to win a medal. He's got a better chance to win a medal at the Olympic games in a. Non non golf sport. Hopefully he can <laughs> archery it up or something.
1: That yeah, could be the case. Reed, do you have any interest in Reed here? Because I just looked at the course and um, if you get good, Patrick Reed, he's going to be good. But he hasn't been good in a while. Maybe that means you should play him. I don't know.
2: I I want to see. Just like anything, ownership always plays uh, a role. But it's a tough. I know he'll be ready. But man, just. A weird situation, certainly wasn't planning for this, is coming over, flying blind, hasn't been good off the tee, uh, been suspect in his form, not my priority, unless he's really low-owned.
1: Uh, initial, like uh, I'm looking at FantasyNational.com right now, and they just loaded the DraftKings pricing in as right before we recorded this, so only 170 people have people favorited right now, so not many. That's going to get up to like 5,000, 6,000 by the end of the week. And by the time Locke comes along, if people are playing in the Olympics, maybe they're taking this as like a bye week or something like that. But initial ownership has him at 3% because no one wanted to click on his name.
2: Yeah. I mean, if we get anything in the 5% range, something like that, I, I will find a way to, to get over. But I don't I don't know if that's going to be the case. Just because, again, that we only have – Sixty guys. So this is a WGC style. It's a unique build. It's a totally different mindset.
1: If you leave a hundred bucks on the table, you think you're good.
2: You're a hell of a lot better than if you don't. Um, if you leave two hundred dollars on the table, you can pretty much do whatever you want.
1: All right. So probably no read for me. I'll stick with Thomas as my number one. Morikawa is my number two. Then Rory, and try to figure out if I can build that way. Because we get into the nines. And like the talent level goes down pretty quickly. Cause you have Hovland and Lowry at 99 and 96 Casey at 95 answer Neiman and Sung Jay. I like Lowry a lot. I think Lowry at 96 is overpriced, but I think that's going to kill his ownership. I just think this is a great course. We talked about the guys who've like done well at Firestone. He's won at Firestone and he's playing some
2: yeah. great golf. He's been, he's just been awesome. Uh, really all year, honestly, very few missed cuts showing up in big events, showing up in strong fields. Putter hasn't been good and that at times is frustrating, but he, he's held it together at points and I have no problem with that. I do think he, I was, if you asked me, where will Shane Lowry be priced? I would have said 8,800, 8,700, something like that. So he does feel overpriced, but it doesn't bother me. Uh, I like Paul Casey. I bet Paul Casey to win the event. think this is a pretty good course for him. Just kind of doing his thing. T to green has been great. Just needs to find the putter.
1: If you can find it here, like I don't know what to do with these greens. Cause they're like 8,500 square feet per green. That would probably be the largest all year, but we've seen him play well at some of these big green tournaments before too, though. Like the, the masters doesn't seem to bother him all that much. Those are big, fast greens, very much undula- undulating and, it's really like the two footers that give Paul Casey problems, not so much like the 75 footers.
2: Yeah, that's true. He does things, you know, you got to look for the the rare four putt avoidance with Paul Casey. That's a stat that's not utilized for most, but um, I, I don't know. I mean, Tita Green, he's been as sound as anyone around very consistent. And, and it's true. Like a lot of the the putting woes come from, one to two inconceivably bad misses from short range, not because he has 50 footers and he's not able to to three putt or two putt, I should say.
1: Yeah. So it'd probably be Lowry then Casey. I'm just going to fade Hovland because you know, he's probably going to be the highest owned guy in this tournament.
2: Yeah, I would say so. Uh, just, I, I don't know if this is just a me thing, but I swear to God, if he was 10,000 flat, he would have, 5% less ownership, but 9,900. Everyone's like, Oh, sub 10 K Hovland. But I'm count me in.
1: Yeah. Easy to make your Xander Hovland teams like you do every week.
2: It's not me, but society does. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't, the bottom half of this range is where I struggle. Cause I, I look at guys like answer certainly going to hit fairways um, playing pretty well. Neiman is just tough. He can score so well and you do get four rounds but he's not really doing anything. He's been actually pretty bad outside that he spiked putting at rocket mortgage.
1: I like him here because of the no cut. Uh, he'll make his bogeys. He'll make his birdies, but he should make more birdies in the pack. He would be the only one in these low nines that I would consider going with. If I want to really jam in the 10 K guys. You really can't hit this range. Like I'll make room for Lowry in some builds, but the rest of them just might fall by the wayside.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it would be borderline impossible to have Lowry be your third man in on any team.
1: Yeah, you say that now, but
2: if yeah. I if I did I mean, J- I guess J T. Rory Lowry. Would that work? <sighs> That's pretty thin. I think you, could, if you started with Rory, you could do it. I don't know if you can get J T. Blank Lowry comfortably. You
1: got sixty four hundred dollars left per player. I'm comfortable down here. Give me my guy andres leiser
2: there's a guy andres leiser i'm gonna say that he no i don't even want to play that game i'm gonna make a fool of myself where is he from let me the, just click and he's
1: from the czech republic
2: okay wouldn't have said that could yeah. have said a place in south america and that's why i didn't guess um hmm. yeah you could just play that yeah no one except strong is down there my god I mean, I, I could, I
1: mean so Seb Straka, like, if I played Seb Straka, then I still have $6,400 remaining per player.
2: <laughs> it's not even salary relief. It's just you've now accomplished one of the. Then you'd have to play your dude from Finland and my guy from Germany. That's the lineup.
1: Yeah, or play your other guy from Poland, Adrian Muronk.
2: God, that guy's everywhere. You really
1: notice him when he's out there.
2: Yeah, I, I, I notice him because I'm like, who the hell is that? Um, yeah, I don't think you want to go that like I don't mind one of these guys because there's a real chance someone random will play well but doubling up sub 65 is a strategy I would not employ this week feel like the
1: 8k is unless people do balance builds are going to be really underowned, and you can probably pick someone out of here as your third man in if you really wanted to anyone to spend up Connors, i'm guessing is going to be the guy that most people gravitate towards because we talk about like if casey is sort of a play here like answer fits it well that means that cory Connors is going to fit this really well too uh but the one that i'm going to be playing the most like i like leishman i've just seen him do well in this part of the world uh in no cut events over the years so just take a gamble on him i don't think that he'll be very popular i love thomas peters this week i think that he is overpriced at 8100 and the general population will not be playing him. But he he does everything that I think that you need to do with this course. Whether or not he can put it together, I don't know. But that's where I would take my gamble. I bet him to win at 60-1 to 1 too.
2: I have absolutely no problem with that. Peters, he does do everything. Non-cut, super score, volatile. And listen, you don't care about this. He could come and actually dead last. Like if there was a dead last <laughs> odds, I think he'd be a pretty interesting bet there. Because when he doesn't have it... It's really bad, but when he does, uh, he was up there, and I don't have it in front of me. He was up there in Rio, too, I think. He was fourth. Um, Fourth, there you go. You don't get a medal for that, but if they did, uh, (laughs) he would have some sort of medal with a different type of, I don't know, alloy or something. Anyway, uh, Leishman I'm on board with. What about Fleetwood? Yeah, all right, I'll I'll pass on Fleetwood. You just want the Brits to win? Is that going to be your team? Sure. Why not? I, I can get down with that um i had this
1: i had this discussion the other day i was actually in the car when i was driving back home from uh, playing golf on the weekend we were talking about andy murray and apparently andy murray was in the olympics but he is actually not playing in the olympics in tennis and then we started to think there was like oh man i I, because i was like andy murray is still representing britain like isn't he (laughs) terrible now and was like yeah i was like well who are the other british tennis players and when Cus was like, "Oh, no, Britain's a very good tennis country." I think he assumed that because we had Wimbledon. I was like, "Name one other British tennis player." And then he couldn't. Then we went and looked at it. Like there are no good British tennis players.
2: That's true. All of this is true. Yeah, Murray's supposed to play FAA, and he did not. And uh, he's just quite. You know, the the injuries has taken a toll. So, but there's there are good golfers. They've got Fleetwood. So. He's. It's up to him now to carry the torch now that the tennis is in a lull over there.
1: Yeah, try try to make it that Olympic golf is only won by people from England.
2: Yeah, he could keep it at a hundred percent, and that that would be good. Following Justin Rose is obviously not here, right? He's not. No. Okay, he didn't get like a. The winner automatically qualifies the next four years. Invite they, they should have
1: something like that. Like if you if you they, medal, you should be invited back the next time, and then we could have Kucher.
2: That would be they should they should do that. I, I I don't know why they don't do more fun things like that. Uh, the interesting guy to me is not that I want to play him. I want to see what Bez's ownership is because his best asset is stability, but that's not relevant here. And even when he plays well, he rarely. Holds on for four rounds. He gives you a lot of middling finishes. That's not that useful in a non-cut.
1: No, but you have to hope that this turns into like a, I mean, there is a scenario that you, yeah, that you could lay out to yourself that like, oh, these greens are incredibly difficult to hit. It's going to take a putting master stroke. Then you just pair him and read with Mac Hughes and then figure out the rest of your team.
2: Yeah. Again, that's where I I try to employ the strategy sometimes. Like I can't see myself pairing Bez up with like Paul Casey um, and, and some of those guys, just because I, I think that his best out would be a detriment to some of the other guys on the team. And yeah, I'd throw Noren potentially on on those teams, and maybe some other guys that are just super putters, super scrambler style.
1: The rub is off Higo now. Everyone's onto Guido these days, and it's really reflective of the early ownership I'm seeing on uh, Garrick Higo. But if you had told me like a month ago, he'd probably be one of the most owned people even at this price.
2: Oh, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's double old news. Like Bobby Mack is, <laughs> is all the fad now and after his miscut. Um, I don't mind it. He's obviously hit a, hit a lull after the ridiculous win. Again, I think non-cuts bring these guys into more discussion than they would normally have because their top-end equity... Their top ten equity, their scoring equity is good. It's the downside that's bad. I have Peters firmly ahead of him, though, if I had to pick one.
1: Yeah, it's Peters and Leishman. I'm thinking about Mac Hughes and just hope he has you know one of these great putting weeks. Hey, he just won me a ton of money at the Open Championship. Like he's been competitive in hard fields this year and bad and really easy fields. So I don't know where this. Yeah, falls. I mean, listen,
2: that guy—he's an actual wizard. I don't, I don't understand, but. He's found some form lately and in, in strong, strong fields. I want to make a case for Noren, but I just, I can't figure out what he's doing. I can't figure out this pricing on Noren. Where do you, where do you think it would be mid sevens? Like 7,000? 7, like, why is oh, he wow. like, why is he down there with jazz? Yeah but,
1: yeah. but why is he, why is he significantly more than Vegas or CT pan? Like what, what, has what Alex Noren done?
2: Yeah, that's, that's a fair point for sure. Um, He was in the top 10 at one point many years ago. Uh, I I just, again, some of these guys in the mid eights are going to be lost because A, it's not going to be a a highly target rich environment in general, so ownership won't mass. And then I don't think people want to play these guys either. So that has some appeal, but more often than not, I'm going to do what you're doing. I'm going to go get Leishman, Peters. I like Fleetwood more than you do, or I'll just bump to the sevens.
1: This summer, Bespoke Post is here to take your adventures to the next level with a new line of must-have box of awesome collections bespoke post partners with small businesses and emerging brands to bring you the most unique goods every month i got the weekender in the mail because i just loved how good the bag was i looked at the bag i was like i think i need to have this bag and it was just full of stuff you got a shirt in there you got a water bottle in there i quite liked it but there are other ones that you can get along the line too because no matter what you're into box of awesome has you covered From travel and outdoor gear to breezy summer styles and grooming goods, Box of Awesome has collections for every part of your life. Like I said, I got the Weekender, but you can get the Dram, which is a whiskey one. Uh, It has awesome glasses, uh, like awesome whiskey glasses that come along with it. You get secured. You get to the Recover, which is the topical CBD one. So you can just go to BespokePost.com and check out whatever Box of Awesome that you would want. So to get started, take the quiz at boxofawesome.com. Your answers will help them pick the right box of awesome for you. They release new boxes every month across a ton of different categories. It's free to sign up and you can skip a month or cancel anytime. Each box costs only 45 bucks, but has over $70 worth of gear inside. And get 20% off your first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter the code PME at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com, code PME, for 20% off your first box. All right, so sevens, Siwoo, Autolock, bet him to win, obviously, 7,800 bucks. Just get him in your lives. He's going to win, so you're going to want to have that guy. The numbers tell me Antoine Rosner is probably someone you want to play too, which I was very surprised by.
2: Antoine Rosner. Wow, surprised he has a pitcher. That's step one. Um, representing France. Representing France with Victor Perez or someone else. I think, I haven't it's, looked at who I think it. it's just him. Okay, just him. So he's the lone no. Oh, survivor. No. no,
1: that's not true. Romain Latascu
2: is in the field right. as well. Great. That's even better. Um, I don't know what this guy. I mean, he's made some cuts. It looks like from what I can see, he's got some serious talent with the irons, uh, kind of fits the bill again. When I picture what I want to do with Paul Casey, guys like that, maybe this Rosner guy could be a one-off in those type of builds.
1: Yeah. Like he's sort of all ball striking, no chipping, no putting.
2: That sounds good to me. Um, man, I think Munoz is going to be sneaky, but I just, he's too expensive. I know, but that I, I could see him. People are going to want to play Siwoo. People are going to want to play some of these guys, I think, in the next range, Johnny Vegas. Who's going to play Sebastian Munoz uh here with this type of form?
1: That I don't know, because I think that everyone's going to play Mito at 72, which I'm kind of on board with.
2: <sighs> Maybe I'll... Yeah, I mean, he was pretty good last week. I got to give him...
1: Two week, two two, two top props. tens in a row on the PGA Tour. Like, should we significantly decrease Vegas, Mito, and Reed because they just played the 3M and now they have to go to Tokyo and have never seen
2: this course? I mean, it can't help. Yeah, I mean, how many people fly from Minnesota to Tokyo? Uh, that's not a normal situation, but I, I don't know. It's it's very hard to quantify that. I, I think that Reed certainly can handle it. Vegas playing outstanding. And his driving <laughs> is ridiculous, but. I'm not gonna... I'm gonna play the ownership game here. I really am. Like, give me Rasmus if I'm getting one-third, one-fourth over Mito.
1: Oh my god. So, early projections have Mito Pereira... Let me see if I can do this quick calculations. 47 100%. times owned, more owned, than, uh, than Rasmus Hogard.
2: Yeah. I may not know what I'm doing, but I know enough uh, that if you get... I mean, obviously that's not gonna happen, but any type of significant discount. Those guys are toss ups and I will take the discount with Rasmus in ownership every single time.
1: So you're definitely playing Schwab at uh, 7,000. Yes.
2: So yeah, he's going to, what you said about Siwoo is what I'll say about Schwab.
1: He's going to win.
2: Yeah. So you might want to play him. It's, <laughs> it's going to be, uh, he knows what he's doing and he's from Austria and that is not pertinent, but it doesn't really matter. Um, it's just a fair price I I think that he's going to fit some of my builds again he's not playing the best golf in the world but I don't it's weird because when you look at a lot of these guys a lot of it's been like links prep for the open and the open itself and now they come here it's hard I don't know if like do you discount what they've done at the Scottish Open the Irish Open and obviously at Royal St. George not
1: really like I think that good golf is good golf regardless of where you go Yeah, that's fair that's me. like do we discount the 3m because there's so much water there and there's absolutely no water on this course? Well there's like two two lakes on this course with two holes. Yeah,
2: I, I discount everything about the 3M. except for Cam Cham's win. <laughs> Just sure. Cam Cham. Yeah, he's figured out the strategy. Just first in strokes game putting randomly. And good things happen.
1: It's really sad because Jeff and I brought him up on last week's show. And I pitched to Jeff. It's like, should we just blindly bet? Like, it should champ be like Siwoo. Is he someone that you should put $10 on every single week? Because he'll win more than that at 150 to 1.
2: Yeah. There's a couple guys that their, their abilities... I mean, honestly, Wolf is like that to me. He's the miscuts are going to always be there with these guys, but they also win way more than it seems like they should.
1: And when it goes bad, it goes
2: so bad. So, and that in people's minds, it's like, Oh, I can't, I can't play that guy. I can't roster that guy. Cause yeah, the miscut equity is huge, but it doesn't really impact his, I know this sounds ridiculous. I don't know if it impacts champs ability to win the next week, even when he's playing that bad.
1: I would agree with that. So what are we yeah. doing in the sixes? Who are the two guys that were taking uh, <laughs> flyers on and hopefully they finished 12th Kiefer, obviously. Yeah. Who? Maximilian
2: Kiefer. Oh yeah. yeah. That's a given. Um, he has, and I don't blame him after his double heartbreak. He has crumbled. He's been playing awful since he should have won back to back weeks and he has just been horrendous, but I still think 62 he's worth having in the pool. What about your boy, Henrik Norlander?
1: I think he's going to be the most owned guy down here by far because he's actually playing good golf right now and he's a PGA name.
2: I do like him. It's not like, I'm, oh, always going to be popular. I won't play him because he's, I still think you're going to need names down here. Maybe I will pivot then to Ryan Fox, who he's not he, playing that good, but a solid he, player.
1: He, he let me down at the Open. I played a lot of Ryan Fox. Didn't work.
2: He did make the cut. You, did he? At the at the open? Oh like yeah. He, he came
1: like last of everyone who made the
2: cut. <laughs> <game. laughs> I don't even remember. I was at Saratoga. Nothing go- as as people know, I, I wasn't exactly on the Morikawa train, so that didn't work. Um I, I always I like
1: about- I always like playing my guy Cali Smooja. Like that's a guy I like to play when I play Eurogolf.
2: He's not bad. Who? I don't even know what you just... Was that like a code word? Like 4chan? Or is that an actual person's name?
1: That's an actual person's name. He misses a lot of cuts. Let's see here. Third, ninth, missed cut at the PGA Championship. 18th in Germany. 31st, missed at Dubai. Or missed uh, in the Irish, missed in the Scottish. So not great at links, but before that he was playing pretty well.
2: I still don't know who we're talking about. Who? Callie Samuja. Oh, Samuja. Okay. I was gonna say, who is that? oh from Finland? Um, yeah, you summed it up nicely. He misses some cuts, but <laughs> I mean, you know, again, you're not gonna find a ton of uh. St- Ooh, Gun Charanakal, that is a name. I the guy I played in the Zoizo. Uh, I think again, you want to be careful here. But if if you're really loading up up top, this is the type of tournament. If you're trying to win the big tournaments on DraftKings. You need everybody up there in scoring. So you got to make sure these guys at least have the ability to go low.
1: If I had to ask you what country Hurley Long was from, what
2: would you say? So I believe I know the answer because I clicked on it, but I would have said Hurley Long is from Canada, even though he's not.
1: No, he's from Germany.
2: He went to Texas Tech, I believe. Okay. I'm going to – I wouldn't bet my life on that, but – I would bet something, probably an internal organ. I'm almost certain he went there.
1: Yeah, he's made six straight cuts on the Euro, on the, sorry, the Challenger Tour. How did
2: he get it over Keimer? (laughs) See, this is what I'm talking about. Like, how, yeah, where's Longer?
1: Seriously, where is Longer? (laughs)
2: Like, yeah, I, I don't know who's choosing these. Play, like, where actually, I was gonna say where Stenson, but he might not even have gotten in if he, I don't think he had the opportunity to pass.
1: No, he couldn't get past Norlander. What about Slovakia's yeah. own Sabatini?
2: This, he's got to be the only guy from there, right? Yeah,
1: like this is it for him. Like, this is why he did this, I think.
2: Well, he's coming in not in good form. Remember when he had his like huge run? What was it was, that, like a year ago?
1: I feel like it was pre
2: COVID. He was he was dealing for a while, yeah. like everyone. Oh, the good Rory. Yeah, here it um, is.
1: Here here here's the run from basically Honda through Windham, like through the end, actually even through the playoffs in 2019. He just missed out on getting to the tour championship. He had this run from the Heritage basically to the 3M. He was 10th, 18th, 5th, 6th, 27th, 43rd, 3rd. It's a pretty good run for him.
2: Really good run for him. Um Honestly, I know I always joke about, but Lahiri was third at Barbasaw. Um, he's cheap. I just dude. don't know if he can
1: limit the mistakes. Yeah, but he's never going to limit mistakes. Like, out of all of these guys, he seems to have the most firepower.
2: Yeah, he's done. I, actually, there's no way Lahiri, I was going to say he's done something. He's probably never had the opportunity to play at Firestone.
1: Um, he may have, because WGCs are weird like that, remember?
2: What's what is the WGC that's what's the name of that one?
1: Uh it, it was WGC Bridgestone. He finished sixth there in 2018. There you go. Kyle Stanley was second.
2: <laughs> Kyle Stanley is not here. There you oh, I'm looking at this now. I'm I'm with you and Thorborn Olison was third. Um what a world. I I Again, I think you can go down here, but I I would feel really much more comfortable rounding out a lineup with one flyer than double pairing here to go like three aggressive up top.
1: So Lahiri is probably the play? Is that what we've decided on?
2: I I honestly think so. Norlander to me seems like the most obvious play, but he's going to seem like the most obvious play to everybody here. Uh, For me, my man Maximilian and Lahiri... I don't see a ton else. And obviously Maximilian's playing terrible. So you want to be very careful. I'm just, I'm going to have him in the pool just because again, you, there's not much to choose from down here. Campos. I mean, I can't do that.
1: Somehow in a field of 60, according to fantasy national, Cali Samuja is 90th in the field in sand saves. That can't be good.
2: <laughs> so yeah, there's even the mystery people have, uh, yeah, that really, that seems not good. Is this place like heavily bunkered? There's a lot of bunkers throughout the course. Yeah, I think there's like 76. You know, I've looked at this field and it's only 60 guys. I just saw a guy that I have not seen the whole time.
1: Is it S-
2: Yuvik Pagunsan? What? All right, well, I didn't see him either. No. Oh, that's a guy from the Philippines. I did see him. Scott Vincent is here?
1: Yeah, Scott Vincent. He's from Zimbabwe, right?
2: Yeah. He does all his work in Kenya, apparently. That's the only thing I see. But Yeah, when,
1: uh, when you look at him, you're like, oh, this guy is from, like, South Carolina, not Zimbabwe.
2: <laughs> yeah, he, he is Will Zalatoris. So <laughs> if, if they sub him in, maybe. But I, I just... I don't think you're going to find much here. The good thing is ownership. I mean, it's going to, people are going to have to be owned because people need to round up their lineups, but it should be pretty equally dispersed.
1: Hey, he has a T37 at WGC China in his career in 2018. So watch out.
2: Woo, I mean, there are, there is China only has one player in here.
1: Yeah. Ashon. woo. Where's the Chinese they bad this... boy
2: at golf. They should have brought Zing Zun Zhang. That's what I mean. Like, where is he? Oh, I don't know. I mean, at least they spared poor Hao Tong yeah, very, very bad. I, I'm he actually shocked.
1: Smiled. As poor as he has played, still kind of surprised he's not the one in.
2: I, again, I don't know. I would love to know who, like, from these countries passed or who just wasn't. Like, some of these guys, Sharma and Ventura, I can't believe they didn't have opportunity.
1: All right, let's talk some bets before we get out of here. I'll release the full sheet. Uh, it won't be a long sheet. And I'll release that <laughs> on Wednesday morning is when the email blast is going to come out this week because this starts at 6.30 p.m. Eastern time, Wednesday night. So be cognizant of that. I bet Brooke Henderson on the ladies' side, I I, I felt like I had to do my patriotic duty to put money on a Canadian for something. So I bet her to win the women's event.
2: Out of the... Uh the canadians been doing anything they uh, par- any- apparently
1: we, we won a gold medal in swimming
2: oh uh no i was gonna say oh but i don't know who that was i watched the swimming last night don't remember seeing any canadians but that's good yeah nice so job
1: there's there's a gold medal there like stop the country everyone's like whoa we won a medal at the summer olympics this is insane
2: It's not your... There's some new... There's, like... I was watching kayaking. There was skateboard. There's a lot of new events. It's out of control.
1: Yeah. Um, The Canadians do really... Actually, the the facility, like, for the Olympic training for most of the water sports is, like, 10 minutes from my house. Now, like, the eight, like, the rowing eights, kayaking, all that stuff. Canada's pretty good at that stuff.
2: I could see that. But that's about it. That's... At least you got something. I mean, how... For betting, did you go higher than Peters? Yes, I bet Justin Thomas. No, I meant the worst way. Like, do you have any absolute slappies?
1: Oh, yeah, I I bet uh, Max Kiefer, because I knew you were going to talk to (laughs) me. So I was like, yeah, I'll throw (laughs) five bucks on this guy.
2: Good. Yeah, I I have to do that. 250 to one?
1: Yeah, 250 to one with the each way. It, It felt good for me. So I went with Thomas at 11 to one. Peters at 60. Siwoo at 55. Those are both with the each ways and Kiefer at 250. That's it.
2: I'm pretty damn similar. Uh, I have Schwab at 150.
1: It doesn't even feel like enough, even in this tournament.
2: It's fine. You know what? He, he's he got a good immune system. If there's like a string of withdrawals, uh, he could be down to the final couple guys still playing. So. Like he, um, he is.
1: I mean, if people like Corey Connors and Paul Casey and that type of guy, then Schwab is easily like the last guy on that team.
2: No doubt him and Norlander would be far and away the prefer- preference choice. And he's got a top five in a WGC. Uh, that's about all I could say for him. But you never know. I'd, I'd be stunned if any of these guys actually won. But again, what, what can you do in a 60 man field?
1: I will say that uh, Tom Jacobs, one of the co-hosts of the European Tour Picks and Bet Show, is big on Christian Crow Johansson. He likes him a lot.
2: That's the guy we talked about at the beginning, Christian Crow Johansson. I mean, you have been coming out with the other, I I didn't even, I don't think I've done a show with you since, but the other day you released, uh, I believe it was on the Euro side, and you had a 1500 to one shot guy.
1: Yeah. That Did was, he have
2: all his limbs? Like, what was the deal there?
1: So Sky found him. He was a Welsh amateur, but he had won, like, six amateur events in a row, and two of them were at the course that they were playing. He's like, this field is terrible, so why not?
2: Okay, I respect that. Yeah, I mean, I don't think the Olympics is ripe for that kind of thing, but you know what? You never know. Uh, I may look to some, like, I don't know, a couple top five, top tens. I don't know if I'm going to bet any matchups this week. I just I don't like to do that without a cut.
3: Or
1: not knowing anything about the course.
2: There's also that small issue.
1: Oh, this, this Johansson guy is actually ahead of Ventura in the world rankings.
2: Wow. Where does he, he plays in Europe?
1: He plays on the Challenger Tour. Oh, he's on a fucking run on the Challenger Tour right now, too. So far this season, 5th, 8th, 9th, miscut. 45th, miscut. 5th, 2nd, 23rd, 15th, ninth, 16th.
2: This guy's has a Wikipedia.
1: He's wow. the guy. We're going with him. KKJ. KTJ one literally not... one letter away from being canceled by the Olympics.
2: <laughs> I mean, yeah, this guy. Oh, the Nordic Golf League. He's got a lot of wins there. Um this is uh let's
1: bet this guy low Norwegian over Hovland.
2: Plus like seven hundred.
1: Hey, listen, you give me plus seven hundred in any head to head in this tournament, I'd probably take it. Like in a head to head golf doubt. matchup. Let's go.
2: No doubt about that. I mean, and that honestly speaks to a little where these ownership things can dictate some of the, like, just because you have a play slightly ahead, you're going to want to differentiate because in these large field tournaments, everybody's going to kind of be doing the same thing. So leaving some money on the table or just taking this ownership slant can be very useful.
1: What is this guy to win? KKJ, KKJ. imagine he wins he should win he beats
2: if he beats Kiefer in a playoff I will never come on the show again what no No, I can't have if 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 your guy dismantles my guy in another playoff like John Catlin did I will I will not be able to recover
1: I mean he's he's 12 to 1 for a top 20
2: (laughs) so he's got to beat a third of the field like he has
1: to be he he has to be be two-thirds of the field
2: Two thirds. See again. He's got to be in that one third. Um, hey, Gavin Green is here. God, I I swear to God, by the time we finish this show, I'm a. It seems like there's 150 guys in this field. I keep seeing new names.
1: Let's see. Kkj on DraftKings Sportsbook, 500 to one, 35 to one for a top top ten seems like a bit much. Top twenty at 14 to one. I think I can get behind. Let's do it. In 14 to one. Kkj. I hope that Tom's note to me wasn't. Most definitely fade this guy.
2: <laughs> yeah, like this guy is not. I mean, he's been battling it out with Hurley Long. Um, someone, I mean, listen, in a field like this, you're gonna see a couple of randos get into the mix to that extent. I, like I said, would I getting on a on the metal stand would be ridiculously unlikely, but uh, it's not unforeseen that one of these guys in the lower sixes can at least cash that type of ticket.
1: Right, Ben Raza. That will do it for us. What do you got going on? Awesome this week.
2: Yeah, all good things. Certainly got you guys covered for, for the PGA and the Olympics, but also gearing up for football. I know with me, college football is my favorite. We've got the NFL team working hard. So, so we got some futures, some previews, podcasts, everything out there. If you want to stop on by and check it out.
1: right? right. I'm Pat Mayo. You can follow me at the PME. Remember to get into that subscription giveaway for the Apple Podcast review of Fantasy Football Picks and Bets, which will be coming out very soon. If it's not out already, so please go subscribe to that, smash a like, and stay tuned because coming up next is... Tim Undergust. Tim
2: Undergust,
1: Not my name. So we played the Cabot Lynx, we played the Cabot Cliffs, we played another course that was not at Cabot on our way back home. So we decided to go check out the number one and number sixth ranked courses in Canada... And they ate my lunch. Tim beat me all three times. He, I think you beat everyone all three days.
3: I tied somebody on the first day, but that was it. So it worked out well for you. It did. I mean, I listen, I play better golf than I usually play. And I would have played even better if, I, if on each course I didn't have like two holes that absolutely destroyed me. But they were big enough greens for the most part that if as long as I didn't hit my drive out of bounds, I could take a very conservative line to the green and leave myself long putts rather than take on bunkers, which is the weak point of my game.
1: Well, you really figured it out on day one before any of us did just being able to judge the speeds of the greens from putting off the greens. There was
3: a lot of like 60 yard putts. There were and I'm not somebody who does a lot of long putts from off the green, but I realized it's Lynx golf and you have to adjust The way you play, and I spent my time on our practice time trying to putt long putts from that long sort of mown fescue grass. And yeah, after about two holes or three holes, I got the speed down. And uh, well, if you can feel the speed in your hands and in your feet, you've got it. Yes, and it was very easy to. It was like watching an Open Championship
1: where you'd be like, "Oh, this is tracking. This is tracking towards the hole. Oh no, I'm 40 feet away now."
3: (laughs) Yeah, that you think you hit a great shot, and then it just never stops because there's an undulation that you don't realize behind the green that sends it another 40 feet past. So do you think that now that you've played it once understanding the holds a little bit,
1: because there was a lot of blind shots or at least a lot of hidden elements to the course that you just couldn't see. So when you're hitting your approach there, they, the caddy will tell you like, don't miss left. But you're like, all right, like, how bad could it be over there? It's like, Oh no, you really don't want to miss left here.
3: <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I think on both courses, on the Lynx, on the par 5 11th, I would never, ever, ever take on the right side where that massive gully was that we were in.
1: <laughs> that, that was I bad. I would never dream of it. That was bad. They, they all did advise
3: us, you know, don't go right at it. Lay up to the left. Like, no, 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 no. It's like... Uh, well, I asked, I said, what's down there? And the caddy said, well, it's just grass. And I was like, oh, well, then how bad could it be? <laughs> it's like, we were six stories below the green, pretty much. <laughs> like... I hit a very nice sand wedge and it got four fifths of the way up the fair up the hill so like I would never do that again and on the uh, the cliffs course number six or number five so that's one where our friend got stuck in the perpendicular bunker I would not have taken five wood and played it safe to the right I think I could have bombed it with my driver over the sand trap and let it roll and leave myself just a chip down.
1: Yeah, you, could, you I mean, there was a chance that was the weird thing about like play, playing because it wasn't as burnt out because it rained the first day we played. So the conditions we played, we played the link scores first. I would say winds were what they averaged 30 miles
0: per hour.
3: Yes, they were. Yes, I would think that's about right. Between 25 and 30 mile an hour wind the whole day, there weren't a ton of gusts. It was like pretty steady wind. Yeah, it was pretty steady the entire time. But at the same time,
1: we somehow played the entire course in both directions and had two holes with the wind behind us.
3: Yes, it was annoying that no matter, or it was, it was either across from us or in, into us, uh, which is great for approach shots because they land softer on the green, but terrible for T shots. And yeah, we didn't get a lot of downhill, uh, downwind ones. Uh, I got a couple. There was that par five with the big sand trap on the right that I crushed it with the wind. And number three at the links, I crushed it just past the water where you guys all hit it.
1: Oh, yeah, that wasn't good.
3: They just cut it through. You were the only one to find the ocean the entire weekend, though. Yes, that's correct. I had almost found it on the 10th tee, but then a sand trap and a bounce sort of saved me. But then on 18, um, what they call Pro V Beach, I uh, I was in the, the fescue off the tee and hit a pretty poor shot just trying to advance it into play on my third because I had lost the ball in the fescue and dropped in the fescue, hit three into the fairway. Uh, or in the rough and then I took on the green with my hybrid from quite a distance on four and I just pulled pulled it terribly into into the Gulf of St. Lawrence and it was not a good hole. I had a chance to break 90 again and blew up on the 18th hole.
1: Yeah. Uh I mean I was bad all week. I was like 10 102. I was 101, 98, and then we played another much easier course and I was still 104. It was we yeah, all Yeah, but that's because you couldn't keep your tee balls in play or long. Hey, I lost eight T balls on the first 10 holes on the Sunday that we played. So that was that's what good. I mean. It like, was
3: impressive stuff. You, if you're if you were just hitting it in play, you would have shot 93 or 94 but you couldn't keep your shots in play off the tee and that's a killer i mean that's the hugest difference between like a 10 handicap and a 20 handicap is that a 10 handicap rarely goes out of bounds and 20 handicaps like us go out of bounds way too often yeah well you I, I,
1: did you even besides heading into the cliff and that was on like an approach shot did you lose any t-balls
3: uh, i did a couple yesterday which was at the other course. at the tree line course was, that we played yeah a couple at the tree line course and I lost one ball at the links. I don't remember what hole it was on now. Oh, number, th- number four, number five. I can't remember which it was, but I did lose one at the links as well. So it, it was pretty cool because all,
1: like, the entire course is just made of fescue. So, like, the fairways are just very tightly mown fescue. The greens are just even more tightly mown fescue. But it's really hard to get your irons underneath the ball. It's a lot of, like, picking that needs to happen.
3: Totally. If I took three divots in those two days of that course, that that would be a lot for me. I I just didn't take any divots. You just sort of sweep, and you're not trying to hit them as super high as you are at a conventional golf course. You're trying to hit them long and low and use the contours of the the hole. I mean, if you came in aggressively and high and hard, like our friend on a par five at this marvelous three wood that at a normal course would have been great, it hits the green, it rolls through and into a deep sand trap. Yeah, and he didn't miss it by much either. Like I, I No, but, but even thinking about it, I don't know where he could have landed that they wouldn't have ended up in the same spot. He would have had to be far more to the left. He would have had to take on more of the ocean that jutted in by the green and far more left to maybe save it. But again, it's because the nature of those I mean, the greens are not as soft because they're that fescue and but they are slower. So it it, it it took a while to figure out the unique character of the course. But you know, I would crawl across broken glass to play it again. I see, I
1: had a problem the first, like... Actually, the, the best tee shot I hit all day was on number one the first day that we played. <laughs> on the par five. A great tee ball on number one. I almost hit it as far as you, but I hit it in a sand trap. Yes, and I was just straight down Broadway. I was like, all right, I could potentially get here in two. And then it took me like seven holes to stop lifting my head because I was like too blown away
3: with all the views. <laughs> I was it like, was. like, you, dis- you had to discipline yourself not to look around and actually keep your head planted. I took a quadruple bogey on the first hole of the weekend. And I thought, oh, my God, what kind of day am I going to have? And that was the worst hole I had all weekend. Thank goodness. Yeah, I should have got mine out of the way then instead of the rest of the
1: holes. That that probably
3: would have been a much better strategy for me. (laughs) But I loved it. And the accommodations were great. And the facilities were great. And I I loved it.
1: Yeah, so this commercial is brought to you by uh, Cabot Resorts, if anyone can get themselves to Nova Scotia. It was even a bit of a hike for us. Like, we live in Nova Scotia. And despite me driving three times the speed limit, it still took a while to get there. Yeah, it was still a three hour jaunt, I would say. Yeah. So it'd be tough, like if you were coming in, because they, I I was shocked to learn that 60 to 70% of their business was American because they said they really struggled like financially last year because Americans couldn't come play. And obviously Americans, can Americans come play as of like August
3: 9th, they could potentially come play, right? I believe so. Yeah, I believe yes. If they're doubly vaccinated, I believe they can as of the 8th or 9th of August. But it seemed pretty bumping when we were there. It was pretty bumping. Uh, like there was there were things going on. There, were, I, I You know, you didn't see huge gaps between the groups. Like they had groups going out. But we also played on a Saturday and a Sunday. It, what, what's it like on a Wednesday afternoon? I can't say that.
1: I suppose that's true. So did you have a preference between, so the Lynx is the number six course. The Cliffs is the number one course. And that guy did tell us that we were at this like weird par four that wasn't very long, but it was way downhill and then way uphill to a blind shot. And we were playing from like the Silvers. And the, the caddy pointed back at the blackies. He's like, yeah, Adam Scott put it on the green from back there. I was like, oh, good God.
3: Yeah, I have mean, a huge appreciation of how much better they are at golf than <laughs> we are. Uh, I mean, I loved both courses and I love them for different reasons. Uh, the Cliffs is better. I think the Cliffs was a more gorgeous course. No question about it. But the links allowed for more creativity and shot making. And was a very, very different experience than I'm used to because it was a true Lynx. It was cr- uh, like cab, was mostly a Lynx, but like Lynx was a true Lynx. Yeah, the
1: Lynx course was completely wide open, like fairways into each other, separated by <laughs> it's funny because we we both got in the fest. Like the fescue was so hit or miss. So it gives you like mm. an appreciation for some of these open championships that sometimes the guys go in the fescue. It's like, man, he really got a lot of good club on that. Or he had like the Will Zella thing, where it's in there, it's like, good God, like I don't know. Like, I can barely see the ball. It's so wrapped up in the grass at this point. Like, it's like a 50-50 totally It's a 50, 50 shot when you walk in there. It's like, oh, it's a good lie. Oh, no, I can't play this.
3: Yeah, like, I hit a ball, and, like, my caddy, who was fired up uh, me to yeah, find can, can
1: you Can you tell
3: people about your caddy? So my caddy at the cliffs, his name was Steve, <laughs> and he loved giving me credit for everything. No matter where my shot went, good or bad, it was, that a boy, Timmy, that's great. And if I hit a bad shot, he'd go, don't you count that out yet. That, that, that'll be fine. We'll find that time. And then I like, would hit a great shot and he'd like pump his fist and like celebrate and go, yeah, there you go. And if I hit a bad one, he'd say, that's all right. You missed that the right way. You've left yourself a good, good go into the green for the way that slopes. That was actually a very good miss. And like he was so good at reading putts that every now and then when I would like miss hit them and not take his line, I felt obliged to apologize to him and say, sorry for not hitting it on the line you gave me. He was such a great guy. He, he must have given me credit a hundred times on that day. It was, it was, it was awesome. It was great. I, he kept my, my, my positivity up. He, you know, Despite some of the negativity that I would get from our usual friends when I play, I was able to block all that out because Steve was just hyping me up with every shot.
1: It's true. Uh, unlike the next day when you were talking to yourself and screaming into your hands, there was none of that when you had him as your cat. You should just
3: hire him full time. I, I I could have yes. Yesterday, even though I won yesterday, I hit some very poor shots, and you know, I I was upset at myself a few times, and uh, that never happened at the cliffs. Even when I had bad shots, because uh, no matter where it went, Steve would say, "That's all right. That's all right. That gee, that's a that's a good miss. You'll get the next one. You'll get the next one. It's flat over there. You get it up. You get it down. You'll be fine. You're good." How how many? strokes do you think he saved
1: you just through his positivity 10 yeah i Ten mean that, that,
3: that's probably reasonable and he found every single one of your balls he just knew where to find my ball he just knew where it was now it wasn't always in a spot where i would have liked to have found it like a number 11 or 12 or whatever hole that was that we couldn't get the ball out of the rough like it was unfortunate to find it but he found it on all, every hole except for 15 the downhill par 5 by the ocean We couldn't find my T-ball, even though he was certain that I'd be safe. And I was fired up for that. Then I was just fired up that we could hit another one. And then I hit this five wood, which was not that great. It's like shot of the day. That was shot of the day. And I was like, really? Shot of the day? I went down there and I was like, well, that's a good shot. It's not shot of the day. And he was like running ahead of me and like giving me a thumbs up when he saw the ball. He was great. He was. You really, you really
1: won the caddy lottery because there was another guy whose caddy was just like, hey, what do you think the ball
3: did? Yeah, My, our friend said, oh, well, do you think that ball's okay? No, it's dead. <laughs> he would never have said that to me. He, he'd, <laughs> at, he'd
1: at least give you, like, the, the feeling that you were going to be okay. So when you got up there, you weren't thinking down thoughts. I, I feel like, I mean, it's like your affirmation CD that you listen to where you, know, you should get credit. He was like the
3: living embodiment of that. He was. He was totally that. It was so amazing. Like, even if we were walking to... uh where I might have to take a drop or find it in the rough, he'd say, don't you worry about that. I'll tell you where you hit the next one. You just concentrate on making good contact and give it a good smack. Don't be afraid to give it a good smack here. And I was like, okay, I can do that. <laughs> you really, you. you really did blow it with him, though. Ugh, I
1: know. So somehow, for the listeners out there, Tim did not get him to call him Top Cat the entire time, which he could have done. He was a paid
3: employee <sighs> to be encouraging to Tim and Tim forgot to tell him to call him top cat. I did. We didn't realize the drive home yesterday that if I had said, yeah, my name is Tim, but a lot of my friends call me top cat. He would have called me top cat all day. Would have been "Oh, what I shot there. Top cat. Yes, sir. Bob. Oh, it would have been amazing. I mean, he was already amazing, but that would have been like, that would have gotten you guys rattled too, because you are not used to people saying positive things about me in your proximity and saying, and getting me hyped up. That would have been great. Now, it was good for me in a
1: sense. Oh, well, I lost to you individually. We were a team that day and we won. <laughs> we were a team that day and we won dinner because of it. So it worked out. Yeah, so, so I, I guess sticking you with the good caddy was the move, although I tipped him and you didn't. Well, that was very generous of you. Well, then maybe you guys you start. The you're, you're the king of cash. All you do is carry cash. No, I got no
3: cash. Well, I didn't have any cash. But all you do is carry. You prefer to pay in cash. I know, but I didn't have any on me. I was, I just didn't have any on me. What can I say? There you go. So I had to, I had to get Steve. Steve was great.
1: I love Steve. Steve was the greatest caddy ever. Would you go back and like, be like,
3: like when you called ahead, be like, listen, can I get Steve on the bag? Yes, I would. You would personally yes, ask I would. for him? I'd say if he's available that day, it would be great if we could organize it so that he could caddy for me. Would you tip him this time? Yes, see there you go
1: you can, you can bring you know your bag of uh bag of pennies or whatever you have and you can tip them and it was that. the
3: first time in my life i'd ever had someone caddy for me and it's an experience you know, i was suspicious at the beginning i was like do i really want someone else carrying my bag and telling me what clubs to hit and like it's just not something i was comfortable with but after like three holes i was like oh this is awesome i can get used to this yeah I, I and t- then the second day with steve i was like this is the best thing ever
1: yeah, my caddy day one was much better than my caddy day two. But i, I that was the one thing that I really wanted to do for the week, like, especially if we're going to go play a course of this quality, which we never do, that we might as well get the full experience of it that, you know, if you're pushing your cart the entire time, like you're not really getting to take everything in. And like the scenery, I mean, it, I can't imagine, I guess Pebble would be kind of this way. Is it sort of, per- like Is the cliff sort of like an East Coast pebble?
3: Yeah, I would say that's right. Mm-hmm. It has to be. It's like carved out of the rock along the ocean, the way that Pebble Beach is. Uh, Pebble has a few more inward courses, but I mean, Cabot Cliffs had a couple inward courses. But uh, yes, absolutely. It's like, it's, and it's a public course like Pebble is. It is Canada's version of Pebble. So I would recommend
1: Cabot Cliffs if you get, only get to do one, but why would you go and not play both the courses? So I guess next time, could we do four over three days? Like play each one of them twice? I feel like that'd be too
3: much golf. It would be a lot of golf, but if you did Friday afternoon round, Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon, Sunday lunchtime, you could do that. That'd be fine. But they're long rounds. They are long rounds. So you'd have to play your morning round at like 7.45, wrap it up at 12.45, have lunch, hit the bricks for the next round at like 2.45 or 3. It could be done. It could be done. It'd be a lot of golf, but it could be done. Or so, we could just do three rounds there in three days. Yeah, I think that would be the
1: move. Just play one nights. one per day, and then you can play that par three that we played that was there. The Nest. Or
3: stay two nights. Yeah, stay yeah, the Nest was fun too. Stay two nights and play three rounds.
1: Yeah. So like play a Friday or play you know a Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday,
3: and then take off. Yeah, or a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or a Thursday, Friday, whatever the three days happen to be. Yeah. I loved it. it. It was great. It was one of the best the best golf trip I've ever been on my life. I was just, I was fired up the whole time. Better than our one to Myrtle beach. When we played real generic courses. Well, that was fun. Cause it was like the middle of the winter or March or whatever. And we got to play a lot of golf together and that was fun. But I mean, these courses were unlike anything I've ever seen before. They were, like I said, they were card from nature. Yeah. It would, probably, fired. it would probably not be uh financially responsible to play these courses all the time. No, it would not be. It would not be financially responsible, but once a year or so it is if you love golf you and you know you you need to come and see it you have to you'll regret if you don't yeah just go check it out on like instagram i think it's at cabot cabot links or cabot Links something just type in cabot cliffs and it'll look like on youtube there's a thousand videos of the of the course like from drones and from people and it's like it doesn't even do it justice how beautiful it is number 16 is the prettiest golf course i can imagine a whole sorry i can imagine in the world we thought we were in the ocean, right? At least
1: me and my the other guy that we were playing with thought we were in the ocean, but we were not. No, you were on the black te- the, the the tips tee boxes. Right. I was in the big pot
3: bunker in the front.
1: Yeah, the the tips tee boxes for the next hole might be actually the best. Might be the most terrifying tee shot I've ever seen in
3: golf. Yeah, you would have to have a big shot to to carry the whole of the cliffs, or play it real far to the left with something safe. Very, very intimidating shot. My goodness me! So basically, like you're you're standing on the tee,
1: and it's probably what sixty feet up of cliff that you Mm have, and and you have to carry
3: probably two hundred yards to get over it. And then the green is basically level with the tee box, but it goes way up and way down. Yeah. Oh yeah, it it was a stunning view, just stunning. And I'm I'm not one to say throw that word out lightly. Hmm. So.
1: Really, what we figured out is that if you ever have a chance to get a caddy, even though you didn't know if you wanted one or not, you would get one again, and you recommend that people do. Yeah, particularly if you've
3: never had one before. Particularly, it's an experience. It's like it's a different way. To, it's a totally different way to play golf, and uh, very, very enjoyable. Right. Particularly if you get someone like Steve, who just gives you credit constantly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Your ultimate dream in life is to be like the CEO of someone, and you just have yes men around you.
3: Well, but I mean i i do like getting credit especially when it's earned and even when it's not so yeah yes man yeah like it was like like positive affirmations i I like people saying nice things i will admit that that will get you everywhere with me Okay, flattery credit stuff yeah i'm I'm susceptible to those things
1: all right that will do it on the pat mayo experience this was the add-on to the golf show this week. Whatever I said earlier, do that down in the comment section. Subscribe to Mayo Media Network and don't be afraid to get into that draw for fantasy football picks and bets. You leave a five-star review after subscribing to the show on Apple Podcasts, something you enjoy about said show, and your Twitter handle or email address so I can contact you if you're a winner. You want some free bucks, cash? You go do that. OK, uh, listeners league link and fantasynational.com dot com slash mayo for 20 percent off. Plus run the sims dot com slash mayo for all the stats and tools for NFL season that you're going to want to have if you play fantasy DFS or you want to bet on football this year. Go check it out. Run the dot com slash mayo. Thank you all for watching. I'll see you next time.